Uh, hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, for starters, I am going back and forth with my microphone. Well, I'm using the, the microphone that I finally have back, but I had to buy another pair of podcast headphones, but like really cheap ones because the best ones are on Amazon, but also on Best Buy, but I didn't feel like driving to Best Buy because I started... First, I went to Walmart. No, I did not go to Walmart first. I went to Target first and couldn't find anything because um, although I do have my Bose headphones, they have a mic built inside and that interfering with my mic has a bit of a reverb and a layover. So it kind of sounds like I'm talking over myself when I monitor my voice and then I couldn't find anything at Target. So then I drove to Walmart, which was, you know, wasn't that far. I was just down the street. And I found these headphones and they were just kind of by themselves. So I didn't really see how much they were. Uh, I didn't want to spend too much. Um, I start working on the second. So um, I'm just like saving money until then. Um, I rung them up and they came out to be $5. So this is what I get for $5, which mm, is very fair. And I've been testing it back and forth. Because although I, my voice level is a little sensitive on the feedback from the, from the headphones, me hearing it, um, like not monitoring is just fine. So you guys are just hearing perfect quality actually. So yeah, um, little update, um, it may sound a little bit more condensed and way more quality because I do have my um, microphone as I had just mentioned before. And I don't sound as nasally. I was getting over something. You know, my voice is always naturally nasally. Uh, I always thought it was something wrong. Maybe there is. Maybe I have to take a trip to ENT. But um, my voice has always just been on the nasally side. And even still, I was kind of getting over something. And my sinuses really suck. Um, yeah. So that was, you know... I. It wasn't too bad because sometimes I listen to myself and I don't like hearing myself after I record. Um, but it's gotten better. You know, sometimes I do listen to some of my older episodes and my newer ones just, you know, to see myself as you guys. I don't know. I don't know. But um, we're going to get started with today's episode. You know, something else that I didn't consider was the gain on my actual microphone as opposed to just my laptop. So that could also be an issue too. And I'm actually sitting not directly in front of my microphone. Now I'm going to come up to the microphone to hear the difference. Like if I'm coming up right here, that's one thing, but I'm kind of like sitting back so that I don't know if I'm talking relatively loud, it's not going to like bleed really bad too. You'd think me having this for two years, I would have this um, down to a science, but you just got to roll with the punches. So um, another thing, it probably sounds a lot um, more intimate and more ASMR-ish because I'm actually in my closet. I spent three days. Um, when I came back home, I didn't immediately start cleaning, but um, my room has just like always had so much clutter. You can clean it so much, but you also know that there's just a lot of shit in here. So it took me three days. I, you know what? I'd say three and a half days four days to clean my room and there was a lot of stuff but more importantly there was a lot of clothes there were a shit ton of clothes that I just need to give away I was looking at and I was like you know what if I need this for something what if I need to do this what if I have an outfit and I'm just like you know I said that the last you know 30 times and I still up to this point have not worn this piece of clothing this could go to somebody and I had so many like writing utensils like I had so many pens pencils and markers and I feel like you know some people can actually use these and I have so many bags like just you know purses because just I'm just a girl um so much like just little stuff all over the place and it was so overwhelming you know that's why it took me four days um shoes just you know some like random trinkets that I could just that I could part with and oh man it was just so much um all of that is actually lined up outside of my room 
next to my bathroom and that's going to be taken to a woman's shelter we're going to find one and, and just um donate it there instead of a goodwill just because you know it makes it, it's it makes more sense to um of course you know do what you need to do to you know get rid of the stuff that you have but if there's you know any shelters nearby that could really be in need for some stuff then uh there you go so i have enough room to sit and have a full like you know have a blanket you know look to paint the picture my closet is not that big but it's enough to sit in there it's it's like sure on paper it's a walk-in closet but it's just it's more like a walk-in and look type of closet like you can't just wander it's not a long closet it's just like okay you can step in like you can step in and look and see what you have and grab it and you can change in here and go like if it's one person you know I could fit a second person in here if I ever <laughs> decided to do like a little studio thing but I'm sitting here with a blanket on the even though I have carpet um blanket on the floor I've got my mic propped up connected to my headphones connected to my laptop and everything under the sun and uh last week no not even last week the last episode I, I should say um was a lot um I don't regret posting it um at all because that's exactly how I was feeling at the time and there are some times where I still feel that to this day but um since I'm here I just need to find a better mindset because it's very damaging and at a point sometimes you get annoyed with yourself and it's just like okay Trent like it's really not that big of a deal if so okay um this what I'm about to you know like pander off into is very relevant to what I'm talking about right now so and it also kind of falls in with the whole episode so just bear with me so when I was growing up uh, my mom she okay for reference she was born in 1971 and um the movie uh hold on I think I, I remember the movie I didn't see the movie but I I wrote the title down in my notes for today's episode um the man who knew too much um by Alfred Hitchcock in 1956 um that movie if you didn't know um shows one of the like most famous songs in that time era like um my mom she would I, I remember growing up and just hearing my mom sing the K Sera Sera song by Doris Day and now that I think about it, now that I'm older and I can just listen to that song by myself this song is just um if you don't know the song I'm not gonna play it and I'm not sure as hell I'm not gonna sing it um I mean sure I can catch a tune but I don't want to do that right now um, the lyrics, basically, que sera, sera means what will be, will be, and that's just kind of the model that I'm trying to go with, um, for the, the, these next few months, um, because the lyrics are que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, the future's not ours to see, que sera, sera, so, like, it's out of my hands, and, you know, I don't have a lot of things that I can control at all. No one really does. But at the end of the day, it's just how life goes. What will be, will be. So that's how I've been going out about this whole thing. And on top of that, what was I even talking about before? I, this is why I shouldn't have, um, <laughs> I shouldn't have went off into something else and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, I have to remember not to fidget so much or move around so much because I forget that this mic picks up everything um you might even hear the dr the cars outside who knows I, I i couldn't tell you but um we're gonna get into the episode if i remember what i was talking about before i will bring it back up but <laughs> that is fine um let's see so I am in between currently I'm in between what to title this episode because there's one you know we in an episode our 10th episode we talked about passion and purpose so that's kind of off the table and I also just wrote in my notes the beauty and humanity so that might just be that episode's title but I'm really just you know 
maybe just humanity or just, I don't know. You'll see it when you see it. But I got a text yesterday um, from one of my old classmates in high school. And um, I think I was <laughs> on my Snapchat. If you have me on Snap, I talk about literally anything. And I've always done that for so long. I think ever since I had Snapchat, I always just picked up my phone and just started about the most, just like talked about the random things, talked about animal facts every day. It was like my own show. I would talk about movies and I would talk about um, books and Webtoon and Cartoon Network and, and soundtracks and all that stuff. And I made my own like public story, like, you know, like a small private story just for that and people will join it and um i was talking about how um like i I was ranking all the disney villains in that um in that little segment because sometimes i don't have like a set agenda of what to talk about but sometimes i just think and i'm like you know i think everybody else would want to hear this if not that's fine and i ranked all of the disney villains and i I don't know if I remember because there were so many Disney villain villains. What? What? Um, <laughs> Disney villains. Um, and I think I gave them maybe like I gave them multiple um, rankings and stuff. But I put I know I put Lady Tremaine and uh, what is his name? His name is is it's it's losing me. I don't know. Um, Governor Ratcliffe from Pocahontas. Those two are number 10 because Lady Tremaine, um, if you like didn't see this on the story, um, that's the evil stepmother from Cinderella. She's just a hater and she just, <laughs> she took her father's um, daughter in, I mean, her, whoa, what? Her husband's daughter in and just treated her like crap, like just, just, and got upset that her ugly daughter's didn't well i mean Drizella and you know what you know what you know how it is beauty standards they're not ugly they just weren't the main character okay okay um she was a hater and governor ratcliffe was a colonizer so i mean colonizer and villain are kind of synon like um is synonymous a word i think so they're synonyms um (laughs) but still I mean it's like you're a colonizer it's you're no better than anybody else on this list um then number nine I said Gaston because I said he reminded me of every frat person like frat boy in in school um eight I think I said Frollo yeah yeah I think I said Frollo seven I said I I really don't remember but all I know is my big three is Maleficent Cruella and possibly Scar I just know Cruella and and, um, Maleficent are my favorites uh yeah but other than that I went on my like public story and I was talking about like I I like promoted myself and I went on there and I was like hey I talked about this today and blase blase and then I talked about how one of my favorite characters is the Joker and of course he's very popular and he's very you know you know everyone loves the Joker and his story and there's so many renditions of the Joker animated and live action and you know I just I don't know I mean give credit where credit's due I think that's who I don't know who the creator of Batman is like the original and the comics and everything like that but they really did their thing with the Joker because I talked about how you don't really he he was a prime example of how you don't have to be supernatural to be a villain um and how the relationship between Batman and the Joker is such a great dynamic because um in an interview I saw when they were making you know the the animated version one of the many animated versions they were talking about how the Joker is the antithesis of, of Batman and Batman's night and, and dark and brooding and the Joker is very obnoxious and loud and, you know, very humorous. And that I, I, I was really cool. It was kind of a given, but it didn't realize some things you realize when you're older. Like, you know, these kind of are the opposite. Just like with Aang and Zuko, they're like the perfect yin and yang. Um, so then my um, 
classmate we're, we're getting to actual like the like the point but i just had to bring you up to, to speed um she i'm gonna read it because i saved it because i thought it was sweet um like every once in a while i get these and i forget that people actually listen and people actually watch i don't know it's not that i don't think people don't care it's just like sometimes and I'm sure this does happen that some people just kind of like tap, 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 like they just tap through my stuff, but people actually do watch it and actually do the extra effort in sliding up and saying something about it. And, um, one of the tailors that I knew in high school, um, she slid up and she said, I love how you're so passionate about things. You're into it. Wait, hold on. Sorry. I think I messed up the cadence of the text. <laughs> Uh, she said, I love how you're so passionate about the things you're into. It makes me so happy. And I thought that was very sweet because, I don't know, it, it, it made me feel all warm because people actually care about what I say and sometimes it's just straight nonsense. And um, it made me kind of like reflect on how I'm still that way today, but I, 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 turned, I, I turned a little reserved, I guess, because I think... I got older and people, you know, have more priorities to think about, you know, people, I'm in that age group of people starting to be out on their own along with myself. I'm getting an apartment soon. Um, well not, you know, when people say soon, sometimes like a year, like, no, I'm going to be getting, um, my apartment in the next year actually. And, um, you know, people, some people, you know, my age group have families now. And sometimes that just, you know, doesn't really matter to people about Disney villains and where they stand and, and the cinematic, you know, stuff like that. But I don't know. I think I, I just did it just for the sake of other people. And I don't know. I thought it was just I didn't think it was tone deaf. It was just like, I think I just did it because I didn't think people cared anymore, but that shouldn't matter. And I lost, I think I just lost a bit of my sparkle. Um, and I think it's, I don't, I don't know. I think after like a course of a couple months, a couple years, I just, I don't know. I just kind of deteriorated in, in being the, the most, the, biggest personality I know I guess and I will never do that shit again <laughs> um I remember I was listening I have a I have a pot a podcast of course I have a podcast I have a um a playlist of um multiple things really I have a morning playlist that I just curated and it's great some of them some of the songs were things that I just used to blast in 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 while I was getting away for high school or just getting through the day and stuff like I <laughs> I would play a lot of um Harry Belafonte and Louis Prima and just the most weirdest songs you could play because it's just something that made me happy and I don't know I guess you know at this point I, I think I started getting sucked into social media and, and didn't see that much in other people and lost my sense of individuality which happens, you know, it's, you know, sometimes it happens and you don't realize it really happened until, you know, it, it did. And again, I will not do that again. Um, there are a lot of things that make me, I don't know. It's just, you know, music and, and stories and, and people's passions really do something for me. I don't know. It makes me feel I don't know it just makes me feel like I'm not alone I guess and this is a good you know segue to actually get into the episode so I guess I'm gonna call it beauty and humanity but I might change my mind like 10 times um until I get there so let's get to my notes um so yeah um the weather is changing I when I was out to get these headphones I started seeing some of the trees. You know, some of the trees are still relatively green over here, but some of them have like little patchy yellow. Like some of them have like one red leaf. I'm like, okay, it's starting to change and it's starting to feel like over the garden wall. Um, funny thing, I have, a, you know, like music is my first love. And when um, I need to work, 
sometimes I cannot work. Well, well, in high school, I did have like a, a submit, like a an asterisk submits at 1159 playlist. That's what I titled it. And it was like five hours of music with lyrics in it. But I, I, I don't know. Um, I made a YouTube playlist of all of the, you know, instrumental playlists that I enjoy. Like there's some with Studio Ghibli. There's one that's like, imagine yourself in 19, you know, hundreds, you're in the ball with the Romanovs and stuff like that. It's very visual. Um, some of them, you know, over the garden wall, another are, you know, you are the villain and you're, you know, and it plays like Lacrimosa by, um, Mozart and stuff like that. And did I even say that right? Is that the, you know, I think you know what I'm, know the song that I'm referring to, but I'm pretty sure that was the right, yeah, Lacrimosa, that's right. Um, and since, (laughs) sorry, um, I'm trying my best not to have, like, the, the mic be so, you know, sensitive. Um, since I have so many playlists and I listen to Rain a lot too. So like, you know, Rain with ambiance, coffee shop ambiance. I do a lot of that stuff because I cannot work in silence. I can't sleep in silence. I can't do anything in silence. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's just like a, a, a screw loose in me, but I just can't do it. I'm not a person that just does everything in silence unless I, I like, I have to, if I was in school, but, oh, absolutely not. Um, So, you know, when you look at so much stuff, you get recommended other things. So when I was on YouTube, to have it set up on my TV, I saw this playlist and it was another over the garden wall playlist because not one that I listened to just has like the the soundtrack from the show, which is nothing wrong with that. But sometimes I want more of the lore, right? So there was this, um, the playlist that I was looking at had some, it had a curated playlist of things that sound like this would come out of over the garden wall and the creator of the playlist i know she put her heart and soul for this and soul in this video because she made so many visuals from the show to kind of connect with the song and some of the the artists from the song sound like some of the characters from the show and i was like you know what this is really cool i'm really glad that she actually put this out and this was great um I love really old-timey music. It's really fun. I'm, I have, uh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I have, like, a soft spot for ragtime. Not soft spot. I have, it's just, that's my jam. I don't know. I just really love, I really enjoy ragtime. And if, you know, Over the Garden Wall is kind of like that, the unknown, and if you pay attention to what everyone's, like, wearing, it's sort of, like, 1800s Americana like some of them are you know they have like Quaker outfits with their bonnets and stuff like that so that's my guess you know it's nothing definitive when it comes to that show but the creator you know is just like the creative Coraline they're like you know everything is intentional so your guess is you know what your guess is and it's probably right and you know go what you want but sometimes it's like okay like I get this this is a theory but let me know if it's just a theory or this is just actually real um which is why so many people are raving about a sequel to Coraline but um I digress um I haven't finished it because the playlist is two hours but it's I really enjoy it it's like uh it's like what people would listen to if they were on the trail at Oregon if that's that's like my best visual I, I can give to you and if you've seen over the garden wall you can kind of like put that together and you know all the sounds and all that stuff that's pretty cool um there was a cab calloway song in there he's probably he's one of my favorites too if you've never heard he sings the heidi Ho man song i'm pretty sure you know if like if you searched it up um but yeah i keep segueing into different segues from the episode but this is really kind of what I'm talking about because I I love talking about the things that make me happy because I don't know I feel lighter at the end of the day and being a part of something that makes me happy just elevates the serotonin and everything and dopamine and all that stuff all the, the positive chemicals um so yeah I was talking about the comment um 
Yeah, and I also want to talk about how you shouldn't be ashamed of what you're passionate about. Um, so I take back what I said about being sorry about segueing into segueing into other stuff. Um, because that's what people are there for. I don't care. Um, I took a long time. It took a long time for me to just be, I guess, and um, be my most self. Because I, I think I have mentioned to you guys multiple times that I have been like a, a people pleaser. And molding yourself for multiple people is one, exhausting, but two, it's inauthentic. It really is. Um, as strenuous as it is, sometimes you you kind of get stuck in one of the um, one of the different versions of yourself, and it's not even the real one. And I was so sick of doing that, and I felt like, you know, me being you know goofy and silly and playing really weird songs. Like one of the songs from um, the playlist I actually quite enjoyed was uh, it's like an older song. It was like from like nineteen thirty seven. And it was saying, uh, one of the lyrics was like, it was it was basically like a banana song. And it was like, I like bananas because bananas have no bones. It's very, um, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas coded. Like songs like that are really cool to me. Um, and sometimes there are people who don't have that same interest to you. And that's fine. They can stay. They can leave. What will be, will be. And um, you continue to be your best self because the people who... You know, even though they don't see the same interests as you, they still like to be around you and have your presence because the most passionate people have the biggest essence, the biggest aura to me. And I'm trying to build that aura back because it was very depleted and um, just it died. <laughs> uh, so I keep looking at my notes. Mm, yeah, I talked about that. Um I also want to talk about other people's passions that were so beautiful. Um, I think, um, side note, my, I have my Howl earrings on. If you've watched Howl's Moving Castle, he's got like the dangly, um, earrings with the green and the little red and they're dangly earrings, but these headphones don't necessarily go over my ear. Like they rest on top of there. So every time I'm moving, they're kind of like, like sashaying like moving back and forth and I could just hear them it's really annoying um maybe I should just take them off but while that's going um when I do stuff when I'm in a rut um this is what I do I okay this one wants to be stubborn okay I got it off um whew, much better so what I do is um, I do a multi, like a multiple thing, multitude of things. So when I get in the rut, it also depends on where I am. Like if I have an access to a journal, most times I start journaling first, but if I'm outside in, in public, automatically put on my, um, classic classicals, um, playlist and just get to daydreaming. Um, it's great. Um, I highly suggest it. Um, maybe soundtracks, movie soundtracks aren't a lot of people's thing, but just find some sort of outlet that you like. Um, that's been something that's been a part of me for as long as I can remember. I think actually maybe since I was a baby, um, because, uh, I think I told you guys my favorite movie is Finding Nemo and the soundtrack is something that I always remember just because you know when you're a baby you're just kind of you're bombarded with so many sounds and and words and and just so many different things different at different frequencies at different times and me hearing Finding Nemo constantly all the time was just probably so ingrained in me that I just you know it was kind of like classical conditioning because like when you listen to something it was um every time I would get upset Finding Nemo would be in my face in, 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 in due time. So hearing that is just kind of like a, like a controlled response, I guess. So it's probably something that I've always just been a part of ever since I was an infant. So, um, that's that. Uh, what else? Sometimes if things are very bad, <laughs> if I'm like in a shitty rut and also if, you know, in circumstances I'm by myself, 
then there will be a Disney concert. Like, I have Disney concerts all the time. Sometimes I'm not in a rut. Sometimes I just need the serotonin, you know? Like, sometimes I need to boost myself up, or sometimes I'm cleaning my room, and I'm starting to get overwhelmed, and I'll turn on Disney, and I'll start singing all the songs from Disney, or I'll just jam out to some of the songs that, you know, like, don't, aren't necessarily known for the lyrics and stuff, but that's what I do. Is there something else that I do? Um, not necessarily. Those methods have always worked for me, and I'm scared that I will use them too much, that I need to find something new. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Just worry about right now and what's working. Because that's... I have to figure... I have to work with that, too. Because me being overthinker, you, you think the worst. And sometimes that doesn't even apply to you in that present, present tense at all. And it's something that's probably going to happen not at all or just from a long time from now. Um... One of the things I did, I also look at are like piano videos. So um, I actually have a keyboard here and I think I, did I say that? No. Oh my gosh. I forgot to tell you guys. I have a cello now. Um, <laughs> I have a cello. His name is Maverick. And you may think like, whoa, she just dropped a ton of money on a cello. We didn't spend a lot of money because if you, if you know anyone who has, you know, who is a musician, instruments are not cheap. Like if you want a cheap instrument, there are cheap instruments out there. But if you want to be the best musician you can be within your means, you're going to have to spend a little bit. You're going to have to spend a little bit. Um, Maverick isn't even the most expensive um, instrument I own, actually. Calliope, my um, con... 88 H trombone with an F attachment has um she's got like a rose gold finish around the bell and then around like the body where the slide is is a little bit gold but it's not too abrupt but you can tell they're two different tones of gold which I love about it um and it's kind of funny I named Calliope because one I really like Calliope's and I wish I could ever I could see one in real time like Calliope's that come in when like the circus is coming in town I always thought those were really cool hence me liking old-timey things um <laughs> um I named Calliope my trombone Calliope as a parody to Little Bill calling his um hamster elephant and I always thought that was cute so um, that's why I named Calliope, my trombone Calliope, but Calliope was a thousand dollars. Yeah, a band. Um, and, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Maverick is my second most expensive trom like, instrument. Um, my cello was 650 and then I'd have to say Sylvester, um, who was the trombone my grandma bought for me it's probably like 200 he was from amazon so he was like a couple hundred and then my other two uh, wait do i have three or four trombones hold on i have four yeah i have four the other two trombones are um just straight jazz trombones that i got from like offer up um kingston is probably the most cheapest he was like 80 to 75 you know you can find some real cheap if you really look you have to really dig you can't give up and be like you can't find it on the first google search you have to look everywhere craigslist offer up ebay sometimes a pawn shop stuff like that um you know play where the cards lay i guess <laughs> um what was i getting out with that oh that was just like a little segue i'm sorry i'm so sorry I'm not, but I am. Um, <laughs> uh, I would look at piano videos, right? I have the piano as well, but not like a grand piano because now nah, those are expensive. Those are like, I'm not even going to say, mm, I don't know, like used pianos. I don't even think p used pianos really exist. I'm sure they do, but like, where do you even get a used piano from? Because pianos, they have to get either built inside of your home or get deliver inside of your home and it's just like i don't know i think the starting prices for like baby grands and grand pianos probably started like ten thousand. i think i think could be wrong i'm not gonna do the math right now though um i have like a uh a casio uh prima previta i don't know starts with the b um that keyboard whoops sorry um, and I need to get a stand for that. I don't have a name for my piano. I should figure that out. Penelope. It just came to me. That's fine. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, 
I don't know if you guys hear that. Wait, hold on. Alright, sorry guys. <laughs> I had to check something. So, um, piano videos, right? There's so many piano videos that I look, like, I rewatched constantly. Um, but there are some new ones too. So, I watched, um, I watched Gorno's theme from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, I watch, uh, um, You've Got a Friend in Me, but it's like a ragtime version if it was played in a saloon. It's really fun. Uh, I watch Cruella DeVille, um, piano tutorials. I watch, huh, what else did I watch? Um, the same ones are kind of all the same, like those same, like four, they're on like a constant rotation. But the newest one that I found was Rainbow Connection. I forgot how much I loved Rainbow Connection from um, the Muppets, uh, Kermit's original song. And then, you know, when you see something recommended, then you see another thing recommended. Um, I watched this video of um, Kermit in like a, like a concert hall with all of these people um, singing uh, Rainbow Connection. And I thought it was so beautiful because all of these voices and all these people from different generations have probably connected over this just one puppet. And I thought it was such an amazing thing and just this harmonious sound of just humans being humans. And I thought it was really cool. I just have a love for humans doing humanly things. I don't know, just doing it all together. It makes my heart warm. Um, so then I started to think about um, Jim Henson and his contribution to the Muppets and then earlier from, you know, the Ses from Sesame Street. And if you didn't know anything about Sesame Street, how it started was actually, um, it was, uh, actually, I have my notes. I don't know why I'm trying to do this, like, off the dome. So, um, Joan Gans Cooney and Lloyd Morissette um, were the creators of Sesame Street. And they did this out of the um, war on poverty and um, civil rights movement. And they created this show um, in aid to um, disadvantaged kids, inner city kids, and preparing them to go to school. And if you watch earlier clips of um, Sesame Street, you realize it's really like, it's really cultured. Um, as opposed to what it is now, because of course all of the older animators are, you know, either seasoned or have unfortunately passed away. Things are so much modern now, and I don't know, it's something about the older Sesame, like older Ses Sesame Street videos, like, you know, the, um, you know, the, I, th I think it was a skit of the little girl who had to go to the store and she needed to get a stick of butter a, con a loaf of bread a stick of butter and a container of milk and just the animation style of that show just kind of made me think of all of the um the old like black photos that I'll use like black pieces of art I can't think of the artist right now but I'm actually gonna look it up because ah, I can't think of it right now this episode's all over the place but what episode of at the quarter piece of mine isn't It's Ernie Barnes. Yeah, Ernie Barnes. That animation style from that skit made me think of the Ernie Barnes artwork style, and it was really cool. Um, very neo-soul to me. I don't know if that, you know, applies to anybody else. But I looked at it, and I realized how people put so much work into other people that they don't even know and I thought that was really it was just a really cool concept and all these people Jim Henson Carol Spinney who was the puppeteer for Big Bird um I looked at his story and um his performance at Jim Henson's memorial because Jim Henson uh passed away from pneumonia and it made me really tear up, actually, because that song is a very important song to me, too. And there's so many renditions of Being Green um, from Carol Spinney's um, memorial performance. And Diana Ross sang it. I think Frank Sinatra sang it. I'm pretty sure Andrew Bird sang it in the Muppets album. 
Um, but my favorite version of being green is actually Ray Charles's version. And it makes me tear up every time I, I, I listen to it because it reminds me of my grandpa. Um, Ray Charles's singing voice reminds me of my grandpa's just normal talking voice and his mannerisms and just kind of how Ray Charles looks as well reminds me of my grandpa and it just makes me cry every single time it it's it's a sad cry but it's also such a beautiful thing about it there's a beauty in sadness for some reason um and I don't know maybe I should look up the reason to that there is a lot of beauty in sadness and I'm not sure why because maybe sadness is just a very raw and authentic feeling and happy being happy just can be you know kind of faked can be a little what's the word I know the words on the tip of my tongue I don't know it could it be a little fabricated sometimes being happy is you know showing on a safe face is something that the human is very um it's it's a very natural thing to do um but being sad is not um what else I know it's all over the place. I talked about, um, talking about Mr. Rogers too, because that whole generation was such a cool concept to me of just bringing children together in front of live television, because what was given to children at the time, I think was kind of molded in what everybody else was watching at the time. And I watched, um, now <laughs> Mr. Rogers is not my time. I'm pretty sure I'm not even sure. Well, yeah, it was my parents and my siblings' time because um, my oldest sibling was born in 88, and I'm pretty sure Mr. Rogers had several seasons. Sesame Street has 52 seasons. Wow. And um, Mr. Rogers probably has like 30. I don't know. Um, But Mr. Rogers actually came in like 68, and a year later came Sesame Street. And... Mr. Rogers created his show because he hated what was being showed to children on on television. There was so much violence and so much, you know, gun violence and, 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 you know, drama and bad conflict and things like that. And he made this show to talk about things that parents were kind of hard, kind of scared to talk about with their children. And children being curious beings that they are always want to know why they're feeling, why are they feeling the way that they are? Why are feelings so big? And you're so small. And Mr. Rogers, um, I think I read a couple surveys. He, The reason why people love Mr. Rogers so much is because of the way he encountered, he, he, you know, he encountered everybody and just, I think they mentioned how his, his talking speed was, <laughs> was a little bit, um, was comp like you know it was it was able to comprehend because he talked at it like at a normal pace or even at a slower pace for people to understand more and mr rogers i watched his um i don't think it was even a testimony but um when it comes to shows like this you know shows with education and and children and, and development and things like that these shows have to get funding like they have to get you know it's money everywhere like there's money in the set design there's the clothes design there's the music the rights to the music um the amount of time that you be on set how much are you paying all these people makeup and everything like that and at the time they were given 20 million dollars for that now that sounds like a 20 million 20 million sounds like a lot but what it is i need to i searched it up did i screenshot it yeah, I did. Okay. Good job, past trend. Okay. They had a $20 million budget, but it was getting, um, it was on trial to get reduced to only $10 million. But $20 million in 1969 is $167,209,577 this year. And that's how much value $20 million has to them. And, you know, 20 million in, in 1969 was like a shit ton. But, you know, I was trying to, you know, like paint the picture, I guess, of, you know, the validity of how much it, it really meant to them. And I watched the testimony to, um, I don't know, I still don't know if it's testimony, but um, when he talked to the chair committee, um, at first, 
you know, the guy actually had no idea who Mr. Rogers was and kind of mocked him in the beginning. But in the six minutes that Mr. Rogers talked about how he had, what was the term? He has an expression of care. That's what he said. He had an expression of care to the children that he was um, broadcasting his his knowledge to. He won him over so fast because of how soft-tempered he was. Now, I don't think people understand that being loud is not necessary at all. I know I'm a person that hates being yelled at, but I think that is something that's just a universal thing that should be taught worldwide because I realize... You know, I'm not a parent, but so many parents are so quick to anger when it comes to their to their children. And that later molds the children into doing the same cycle over and over again. And when you're doing something to your children, you're doing something to people around you as well. So if you're getting short and quick to anger with people, I mean, your kids are doing that to the same people. And if you're constantly yelling in your testimony and you're, you're saying, oh, we need this money, we need this, we need that. If you go and watch it, you understand how, how gentle he was of how he, he, show, he showed his, how being gentle he was with needing the funding in the most easiest way, in the most calm-mannered way. Like, he's, he's telling me what he needs, but he's also making me, you know, he's acknowledging that I'm a human, too. Like, he's not telling me what to do. He's not telling me, like, if this happens, this is going to happen. And it's just, it was a big lesson in of itself. I realized Mr. Rogers is like a walking, I guess he's like a, watching for, a walking fortune cookie. I realized that people don't need to be yelled at all the time to get their point across. And I hate it. I hate it so much that people yell and make snide remarks about people's, you know, misfortunes and, and, you know, just mishaps and things like that, when all it takes is just a little bit of compassion and a little bit of grace, because people come from all different walks of life, and it's kind of a pet peeve for me. You know, I don't take, like, I can take things, you know, I can take constructive criticism, of course, but it should should be more constructive than it is criticism. You know, if I'm doing something wrong, tell me that I'm doing something wrong in a way that you're trying to help me and not trying to reprimand me, you know? Make me understand in the most calmest way possible. Because, you know, you telling me that I'm not doing something and this yelling at me and, and, and doing it this like I you can call me sensitive all you want but at the end of the day people mess up people fuck up and shit happens and sometimes it's not that big of a fucking deal to be honest um yeah sorry I have a lot of like you know I just say a lot of ums but it's okay I need to work on my ums I don't do a lot of ums in my presentations though my mom, um, I did a presentation for my parents actually about what my plan was while I was being here and I did not have a lot of ums and I think it's just a natural thing when it comes to me with presentations and she was talking to me about one, how proud she was of me, of course, and you know, how responsible I was with all of the research that I did and, and all that stuff. But she also told me, she said that I looked so, she was like, you looked so natural up there. And you looked like, you know what you were talking about. You were so engaged and the people that were watching you were engaged and interested. And I don't know, it kind of, you know, kind of gave me a bigger head. But it was just, you know, it felt good to be seen. Um, <laughs> uh, these people, you know, Jim Henson and the creators of Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, are people who know how much potential that other people have. And these are people that do the, you know, not the not the most ordinary things. You know, Mr. Rogers sat in front of his teeth, like sat in front of a camera, you know, in a fake house set and talked to a camera for 30 minutes. But he was really talking to millions of children out there. Not a lot of people do that. Not a lot of people want to do that for the fear of humiliation or the fear of embarrassment. You know, little insecurities here, little insecurities there. Insecurities grow so fast. You know, you can be 
insecure about your nose. Like, you know, Mr. Rogers could have been, he could have been, you know, insecure about how the way that he looked. And there would have been no Mr. Rogers neighborhood. You know, maybe there had been a Mr. Rogers neighborhood radio, but it couldn't have been, couldn't have had the same impact as it does with the television. You know, the creators and, and the puppeteers for Sesame Street and the Muppets could not have made that because they didn't want to look stupid being grown adults with hands inside of puppets and making weird sounds and voices. And in the end of the day, they wanted to make children laugh and they wanted to make you know, developing humans feel more gentle around the world that's so, so prone to being, um, just, just so much conformity, you know, and I don't like it. Um, I don't like that there's so much, so many boxes and you have to be, you know, this kind of thing, but you can't be this other thing. There's so many double standards to everything and it really pisses me off. Um, but there are those people who want to make people better because people do change people and it starts very early and I think that's why people work with child development and people love working with kids and daycare because some of them don't want the ways their mindsets to be um infringed on on the on the kids that they're working with and I think that's a beautiful thing I love kids you know I wouldn't work with kids of course I would like to have kids of my own but um any kid that I can help is always fun. Do I have anything else I'd like to add? Oh, also, um, I think you guys are going to get two episodes today. Yeah, yeah, you guys. Um, <laughs> uh, I still have the junior storytelling episode. It's in the works. Like, you know, there are a couple of mute, like songs in there that have been edited, but they just haven't. It's not fully finished. So that's what we're going to work on not we, I am going to work on, um, while you guys listen to this, you guys can listen to this and in time there will be a new episode up. So yay, you guys, if you want to hear me all day, you go right on ahead. Um, is there anything else? Any more updates of myself? Um, I want to close off. Discipline is hard. Um, I've been, you know, I think I lost a little bit of my discipline a while ago so I'm trying to regain it back little steps if you want to do something um, or if you want to be without something um go small like when I would go on my social media breaks I would start um okay the first day I would start you know maybe like 30 minutes without my phone or like 30 minutes without it or like no 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 social media I would go like a whole day and after I figured, you know, a day is cool. I'm fine with a day. Okay, let's try five days. If I didn't like five days, I'd go back. Okay, let's try three days instead. But I never really went back. It was just more of like a building thing. I think I, no, because I remember doing a day and then I did five days. And then I was like, okay, I can just, you know, keep these good vibes going. And eventually it came up to be like a month. Um, a month and some change or like maybe two months or so. Um, but I think when I, when I recently, like I got back onto my social media, I stopped being on social media because I thought, like I mentioned in the beginning that no one cared what I had to say, that I was just kind of talking to myself when none of this shit matters. (laughs) Um, you know, there are times where I feel like, Trini, what are you talking about? Like, you have things that you want to say. Sometimes, you know, people don't really think about it, but, you know, it's a breather. You know, who wants to talk about, you know, taxes and, and the economy all day and, oh my gosh, you know, everything that's going on in the world. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure, like, that has to be talked about, but who wants to talk about that all the time? There, you know, sometimes I want to talk about, you know, why chicken ramen is the best. I don't, I haven't talked about that. I just think that's a universal thing. <laughs> um, sometimes I just want to talk about why this, I, I want everyone to shut up so they can hear how much I love Laura Olympus and why it's probably the best webtoon ever in some of the books and, and why I love these characters so much and why I ship them and why I'm just a hopeless romantic at heart. And I don't know. Sometimes it just takes a little... You know, sometimes I need like a fluffy break in my life. And that's one of the things that I try to share with people because everyone's day is different. Everyone goes home to a different home all the time. 
and you know yeah it helps me but also in the hopes of helping other people if it doesn't at the end of the day it helped me and that's all that matters um I've also tried to give myself more compassion about the things that I want to do you know hence the podcast it had been maybe like a week or two since I um posted but before then it had been maybe a couple of months and in that time I turned 20 and decided to take a break um came back here and just needed to start over and it's scary it's real hard um sometimes you're by yourself for a little bit and it's real shitty um of course but sometimes you have to realize you need to be cool with your own company and sometimes at some point I was but then you know I start worrying about other people and then that's when K Sara came in and I was like you know what will be will be um people who want to be in life will be in it and who don't mm, who cares you know um it's their loss you know and um I don't know it's it's real hard work like it's just like the last episode I was talking about it's a lot of hard work trying to be the best self that you can be and sometimes you can be the best self you can be but in two years you're a completely different person so it feels like all this stuff that you ever did before was kind of redundant and even still humans change all the time that's who we are and um I love to see myself grow. It's just sometimes I have moments and they fucking suck. Like I sometimes I wish I I could see how long a moment is going to be, but sometimes I just have to give myself that time. I grew up in a situation in an environment in my house that I couldn't be upset for things because of the things that I have and that's simply not true. The notion is the the whole narrative of you know, things could be worse and you could be somewhere else and not have the things that you have is such an old entire take. And I wish parents would stop telling their kids that because it's so damaging to them because it's invalidating their own feelings when they get older. Because if I feel one thing, I could just invalidate them and say, you know, the shit could be worse. You know, people are dying and, you know, you know, I, I just need to snap out of this and I just need to be happy. And that's not the best situation at all I need to feel first and of course don't let it consume you of how you feel but being upset is a raw feeling just like being sad is a raw feeling being depressed is a raw feeling being anxious is a raw feeling sometimes it takes what you need to feel to know what you need at the time like sometimes I don't even know why I'm upset the way I am but then it takes me to be like okay I'm upset because of this but where is this even coming from um I don't know. It's been better. Um, sometimes I pick up my journal when I'm not just sad. Because I would just journal when I'm sad. But you need to journal when you're feeling all the things. If you ever journal, feel all the things and write those down. There's not really a, a time for me when I reread my journals. Unless they're really old journal entries. I'm like, how do I feel about all this stuff? You know? Um... But, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know why I would read them unless, like, they're old and, like, the one that I talked about, uh, the last episode. But, anything else? Any other remarks? Yeah, um, I'm taking one day at a time, I guess. You know, I I mean, that's probably the most cliched advice you can give yourself, but, like I said before, sometimes everything, um doesn't have an answer and that um has like a definitive answer and the answer will just be time you know like the time heals all wounds and you know absence makes the heart grow fonder and all that stuff um but at the end of the day I'm on no one's time but my own and it took me maybe like yesterday to figure that out (laughs) um sometimes I have an epiphany about you know what I'm feeling of course, like most people do. And I'm just like, bro, like, I'm on my time. Oh, I'm not waiting on anybody else but my fucking self. Um, and at the end of the day, this is my life. And what I want in my life is simply what I'll do with my life in the way that I want it. And how I want it. And, and exactly what I want. So, 
I shouldn't be waiting on anybody else um, to get the things that I want, of course. Um, but yeah, um, things apply differently from what I just said. But <laughs> um, I'm just saying, like, I, you know, sometimes I realize no one's going to do the things that you want except for you. And that's what I'm referring to. Like, I need, like, I'm on my own time. If I want to do some things, I need to get up and do it myself. Right, right, okay hope that didn't confuse anybody um yeah I think that's it um I'm glad that you guys listened to me um my laptop fell asleep so here's another ASMR of me getting back into my laptop so I can stop today's episode we're at exactly an hour and 15 minutes I mean 15 seconds so that's good that's fine I hope you guys enjoyed, learned something, found something cool about yourself. Um, I'll probably link all the stuff that I talked about in um, the description. And I'll see you guys soon. Well, you'll hear from me in the other episode when I talk about junior storytelling. It's already pre-recorded, so from like months ago. So it's nothing relevant to right now. So yeah. (laughs) Bye, guys.